Family from the Heart, podcast episode number 67. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Family from the Heart. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here once again to share with you bits and pieces of our family life, hoping that it will be somewhat entertaining, (laughs) maybe educational, I don't know, Uh, possibly encouraging, and hopefully, possibly even maybe a little inspiring, I don't know. But that's our goal with all of our content, to have uh, encouragement and inspiration, education and entertainment. And we are here for you on a regular basis. And by golly, Stephanie, I'm ex- so excited. About? About tomorrow. Because the, the some announcements for tomorrow okay. that I wanted to share with everybody. Okay. There's like a full day of live gspn.tv show goodness. Yes, there is. And it is going to be very cool. Of course, there is one show tomorrow that's not live that will normally be live. Uh, on Thursdays, we're going to start having four shows live. Tomorrow, there'll be only three, but there'll be four. From nine o'clock, starting at nine o'clock, will be the Help I Got a Mac podcast. At 10 o'clock, not tomorrow, but in future weeks, will be the About the Church podcast. It is moving from Tuesdays to Thursdays. Right. Um, at 11 o'clock is social media serenity. Right. And then at 12 o'clock is podcast answer man. Wow. Alrighty. So last week we covered Harry Potter and which we've now been to see again yes. because we took the kids. We did take the kids and who do loved you, it. I go ahead. No, go ahead. No. What were you going to say? No, I want you to take over. Say what you were going to say. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it was really cool because um, if you listen to the latest full-time mom, which I do believe is called Red Sharpie Marker, correct? Yeah, okay. it is. Um, I talked about how how Megan is just growing up way too fast. And we have, you know, we're... Some people would call us like on, on line between um, being conservative and liberal with what we let our children watch mm-hmm. on television. And, and it's no secret that I've let Megan watch the movie Twilight. And, um, but after seeing Harry Potter, um, and the half blood prince, she goes, she goes, mama, that was the best Harry Potter ever. That's the best one yet. She goes, mama, can we see it again? And then she leaned over. We're still in the theater. She leaned over and she whispered in my ear. She goes, mom, it was better than Twilight. And I'm like, good. She's interested in something, you know, right. kid-like again. It, yeah. it was awesome. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. We have a lot of feedback as a result of our mention of Harry Potter in our last episode. Right. By the way, if you want to hear our full review, go back to episode 66. The first 24 minutes, completely spoiler-free. The rest of the show, we instruct you to turn it off yep. until after, until you've, seen after the movie. you've seen the movie. But And now we've gone, um, we had... The kindness of a friend and listener oh, who, yes. who purchased the books for our family, purchased all seven books so that our family could enjoy them just as hers did. And um, we got them and we started reading. We're, um, we're only on, on chapter two of the Sorcerer's Stone, but um, the kids are really enjoying that. We all sit down we're in the living room. We're all enjoying that. We're all enjoying it. I, I love it. Um, 
the the descri- uh, books are better. Yes, books are better. You can describe things and use your imagination with things that they just can't pull off in a movie. Yeah, something that is like five minutes on the screen. I mean, they communicate some of the background yeah. story later in the movie. It's it's insinuated, but really, you get so much more in that first chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, which I still have no idea why they call it the Philosopher's Stone to start things off. But anyway, uh, I I really what? What do you mean? I I don't know why they didn't call it the Philosopher's Stone. If that's what it is in the UK, why is it different here? They thought that um they changed some things around because they thought that um American kids wouldn't get a lot of the the English lingo and stuff. Yeah, I don't it. like that. And and so I don't either because our kids love that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so anyway. Right. Well, we got a lot of feedback. Like Matthew at- had a really good time, you know, figuring out what spectacles were. Right. Which obviously our glasses but. and i love that they say i was just i was just going to the loo <laughs> that was great anyway so we got lots of feedback and uh here is eric fisher and what he had to say hey Ravenscrafts, this is eric fisher and i was just listening to the harry potter uh and the half-blood prince review and i loved it very good review and i just wanted to see if comment uh, a little more on maybe how you differentiate between the three children's what they're allowed to see. Um, I know that I personally, having a four and a half to five year old somewhere near the age of McKenna, would have a difference of you know deciding. Well, the oldest one, uh, who's eleven, no wait, nine, uh, <laughs> what she can watch versus what the next one could versus what. You know, there's a huge, because for me, there's kind of a huge world between like a nine, ten year old versus, uh, uh, you know, four and a half or whatever year old and what they can comprehend or not be scared by or whatever. And, and I know it's contextual to whoever's family or whatever, but, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys have come up with as far as that goes. Because that's been something coming up for me a lot lately in, in PG movies and what. Uh, my daughter Emily and I and my wife uh, will watch what we'll watch with our daughter. Uh, enjoying the show and talk to you later. Thank you, Eric. Did you have something, Steph? No. Well, no. Um, I don't know how you want to answer that, but did, I mean, did you have a specific? Well, I, I I think it it we play it by ear and. Uh, we pretty much try to view movies that are questionable, anything like PG-13 and above. Ahead Stephanie and I try to preview them ahead of time. And we make decisions based upon what we viewed. And and really, we don't have guidelines like written down or even well thought out or anything like that, except that we say, you know, hey, this is something that would be a good show uh, to watch with Megan. I think she's at the na- an age where this could be a great um starter for conversations Mm -hmm. so and and of course then we'll say you know well this is this is a movie that i think the whole family could take care you know take in and watch we are a little less conservative uh about language um it language does not really bother me unless it's just excessive right uh because language is very much involved i mean it link gosh the kids are getting languaged uh it, it um users i'm sorry kids are using language at school yes 
And as and and I don't want my kids to say, you know, to be all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's that that's the most awful, horrible right. thing. Uh, but at the same time, I want my kids to understand that while many people choose to use this language and we slip sometimes, it's not something that is becoming and it's not something that we want to have represent our family and our values. Right. And and there are reasons why, you know, choosing our words wisely represent a lot about our personality, our values and how we think about things. And and, and so we do sit down and have those conversations. So even even McKenna would would be allowed to watch a movie that has a little bit of language. Now, when if, if it's excessive, it it's it's a no go. No, I just when you see that, I just see her dancing in circles. You know, saying bloody hell, bloody hell. Yes, which she got from Harry Potter mm-hmm. because Ron says that all the time. I'm pretty sure that they're the first words he speaks in. Hmm. Goblet of Fire? I'm not sure. Me neither. Right now. I'll have to go back. Um, but in the movie, I'm pretty sure that that it is in one of the movies. It's the first words that he speaks. So anyway, um, that's what I'm seeing when you're talking about language. But also, um, our guidelines have kind of changed. Like the things that we would have let Megan watch when she was four... McKenna may get by with some of those things now because we have other children who are old enough to view them. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I don't think we would have taken Megan at four to see Iron Man, but that's something that we let McKenna watch because we went as a family. Right. Um, So McKenna is, what I'm trying to say is that McKenna is exposed to a lot more things because she has older siblings, but that's going to be the case no matter what guidelines we set up. She's always going to be exposed to, you know, um, the the TV shows that, that Megan is watching and that that's just the way it is. So we can take a, would it be a, a proactive approach and talk to her now at four even knowing that she's not going to grasp everything but understanding that she grasps more than we think because she's under she's watching her sister she she is going to pick it up no matter what so we have to be more attuned to what she is picking up right did the, any of that make any sense? yeah absolutely okay. absolutely and 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 there have been some i think there have been some decisions of us going to see a movie without previewing it before that we've made mistakes and it's like, yes. oh, maybe that wasn't wise. So, you know, uh, now we do have somebody in our chat room who is asking um, a very, uh, a very difficult question, I guess, uh, something that she's dealing with. And, and she had posted this before we started mm-hmm. the show. And um, she do you remember what is she Mexican? Is that what it was? I can't remember. I think the boyfriend is. The boyfriend is Mexican and she is not. Uh, And I'm not sure what her ethnicity is. But anyway, she's asked again uh, during the show here. And basically she says, what do you guys think about dating outside of your race? I'm having a problem with my family life. And well, you know, and and specifically she says here that she still lives with her parents. And I would say a couple things uh, just off the top of my head here. And these, uh, please understand, these are just my opinions. These, right. you know, they, take it for what you will. Anyway, um, 
the the situation is this if you're under the age of 18 i would or yeah if you're under the age of 18 i'd say that it's very important for you to take on the advice of your fa- of your of your family now whether or not i agree or disagree i'll tell you in just a moment but that being said you know and i i have a very a very strong opinion on respecting the wishes of your parents while they're still responsible for you. Right. That is something I'm, I'm, and, and I think that that is a, uh, and, and Stephanie and I do come from everything that we do and our decisions. We try to, uh, make a decision based upon biblical principles. And I think that that is for me, that's a biblical principle, uh, that looking back at my childhood, for me, that's a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have shown my parents more respect while I was still under their care. Mm-hmm. But I spent the last two years that I lived in my dad's house, fighting and not waiting to get out right. and to get out from under his what I thought was his great hand of pressure on me and. There are some days when I'd love to crawl back and just be that kid again yes, and not have those responsibilities and those worries. And, and are you following me? Yeah. Okay. I am. Um, I'm even making eye contact. Wow. How about that? (laughs) That's really cool. So there, I mean, there are, there are parts of me that wish I could, I could go back and, and change some of those things, take back some of those words that I said and the constant fighting everything and showing no respect at all. Right. I I would like to go back and change that, but I can't. So what I've done now as an adult is I've apologized for being like that. And now that I have kids, I'm like, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I just, if I had known then what I know now, things would have been different. Mm -hmm. And I know my kids are going to have the same feeling in 20 years. You know, it's just so I'm, I'm with you there. Right. Re- and respect. Yeah. Respect. Respect the wishes of your parents when you're under their um, when you're under their guidance uh, under and you're underage. I, I think that that's important, even if you disagree with them. And 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 I'm going I am going to answer the tougher question, which is, uh, you know, what what do we feel? And, and again, this is opinion, opinion. And personally, I will tell you, I do not believe that there should be any distinction between um, the color of our skin or the place where we grew up or where we were born. Um, that should not come into, in, in my opinion, it should not come into the deci- deciding factor of whether or not two people should be together. Um, I, I believe we were all created equal by God and... and um, you know, when it, when it all comes down to it, Stephanie has uh, in her in her bloodline or in her ancestry, she has American Indi- Indian roots. Mm-hmm. Um, I have um, some kind of mixture between English and German, and and all. And, you know, we all came from different places and and stuff like that. Uh, and it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that race is still something that is so prevalent today. I noticed that our children do not deal with it nearly as much as I did. Now, when I grew up in first grade, in kindergarten and first grade, I went to a public school in Cincinnati, and it was back in the 70s, and I was I was in this public school. It was primary, primarily full of one, almost everybody there uh, was a student and was African-American, and I was one of two 
white kids in the school. And I will tell you that it was a very difficult place. It, it was a very difficult situation. And I will tell you that, you know, believe it or not, I was in the more minority. And for a very brief period of time, I got, I've, I kind of felt I felt the sting of of being the minority right. in that situation. And, and even today, you know, 30 some odd years later, I still remember some of the things that were said, some of the things that were done and the ways that I was treated. And and to and, and of course, that's nothing in comparison to the way that that, you know, the other side feels so consistently. Right. I'm going to share something that Stephanie and I believe in 100 percent open authenticity and transparency here. And sometimes that's raw and ugly, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm just going to be I'm just going to lay it on the line for you. I still struggle sometimes with accepting certain things that I've always been taught as I grew up were not really acceptable. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you that there are two double standards that I know that I hold in my life. All right. And I recognize them as double standards and I recognize them as being um, not right. And the two double standards that I hold are that there are certain denominations of the Christian faith that allow women to be pastors. And I ha- I personally don't <laughs> understand their their theology behind it and I don't really want to get into that argument, but I don't have a problem with a, a a denomination that would allow a woman to be a pastor, but for some reason there's this dumb, double standard in my own life that I I just cannot see myself attending a church where my head pastor is a woman. Makes no sense at all. I cannot even I cannot even rationalize how I can be okay with it, but not want to participate myself. It, it it it's just that. Here's the thing: I have I have many friends, so many friends who are um, who are married and are interracial, meaning uh, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. As a pastor. I have even performed a wedding for for a man who was African American and a woman who was Caucasian, white American. So I've even performed those weddings. I have no problem with that. But and again, you, you may get angry with me. You may judge me. That's fine because I, that's just who we are as people. I guess I personally do not see anything wrong with that at all. But I will tell you, just from my my experience growing up, and there's something in my mind, is what would happen if my daughter came home and says, I'm dating a man and he is African-American. And I, I have to confess to you, I, well, I don't have to, I am going to confess to you that, that that thought has crossed my mind before. And I'm like, wow, that would be... That would be a difficult thing for me to process, and I have no idea why. And I see that as a double standard, and I don't accept that as an appropriate response to that thought, and I don't know where it comes from. Hmm. But it's deep inside, and I have no idea why. Hmm. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Now, obviously, I grew up in a very, um, well, a different time. (laughs) And that was a joke. That mm-hmm. was a complete stab at you and you're not even paying attention. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go. It wasn't even that funny. What was funny was that you had no clue. <laughs> um, 
I grew up in an inner city school, but we were equally mixed between Caucasian and African American. Okay. And a lot of my first um, boyfriends, you know, it was elementary school. <laughs> what are you really doing? But a lot of my first boyfriends were um, were black boys. Okay. And I will tell you that as a young girl, I always thought I would marry a black man. Always. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was um, 10 years old that I moved in with my dad in this farming county in Kentucky where I went to school with no, no black kids mm-hmm. ever. In our high school, there were two young black men and they were both older than me. Yeah. And so it, it was, it's, it's very different for me. I see absolutely no problem with that. Right. I would feel I, nothing wrong with that if Megan or if any of the, our, our children brought home the only reason I said Megan is because, because it will come it, first with well, her. We no, hope no. Well, because when she she we there were a couple of years where we had Megan, we didn't have any other children, right. and these thoughts came to me back then. Okay. So it's always been okay. that. And if you're trying to call in and and be live in our show, uh, I am picking up the line. You'll just have to unfortunately wait patiently until we can get to okay. you. And uh, but anyway, we will get to you in just a moment. So. So from from that, I mean, I I don't hold that same double standard that that you admit that you do. Right. Um, and I don't like it, by the way. And, I, I understand. And, and, and trust yeah. me, if my if my daughter was dating a black man, I would get over it. Right. And and I would love and accept him as my son if they were to get married. And uh, I'll tell you what, we're gonna <laughs> because you're hanging up and stuff like that we are now turning off the the ringer, the ringer. we're not going to be able to take any live calls because um hangs up you know calling back right. and hanging up calling back but Which I is do unfortunate. Know. i wish people would just grow up <sighs> live shows anyway go ahead so um so i don't i don't have that and but We've gotten totally off track of the of the question. Well, I the, think. The, no, the, that, I, I don't think we have. Okay. I, I think I think that we have clearly stayed on track with uh, her question. Uh, number one is: Do we think that there's a problem with marrying outside the race? Absolutely, absolutely not. not. I I do I do not. Right. And as I've said, I often thought that I would have. Exactly. However, if you're if you're under eighteen, you're living at home under your parents. Guidance, I would say you need to respect their decisions. And uh, if you if you can have open dialogue with them and stuff like that and, and just pray through the situation. But, you know, I, I don't know that we can inform you of what you should do. Right. We're just sharing with you our opinions and hopefully that helps. So hopefully, you know what? Um, it's funny. We're going Harry Potter. Then we're going to we're, go into we're that. But it was in the jumping. chat room and I thought right. I, and, and she had brought it up before and I, and, and I did want to cover that. And I, and I, I think it was a valuable discussion. The only thing is, is now I've, I've, I've revealed well, my to, double standards. Well, we all hold double standards. I know. We, we just don't all, we just share don't them. all share them openly and admit them. Um, since we, since we started in the, in there, would you like to read our other, Go ahead and read our other thing about relationships. Yes, and, I and would. Then, this comes okay. from somebody that we know very well in our community. And uh, I just want to make sure that I'm going to leave out her name. And I think I will. So here we go. She says, I wanted to ask your advice yet again. Please feel free to say if you aren't comfortable. 
Uh, let's see here. I think. <laughs> when what? is Cliff never not comfortable giving his advice? <laughs> I mean, come on. There we go. I think a guy I am involved with is getting quite serious about me. He is a Christian. And by the way, I'm, I'm stopping here. Uh, the person writing this is not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, she says, he is a Christian and has spoken about the possibility of marriage. I know that you and Steph have covered a lot of issues surrounding the in love phenomenon. And of course, we did cover that. What was that? The five love languages? That was in the five love languages. If you go yeah. back to episodes number three through whatever of this podcast, Family from the Heart, you can hear us talk about the in and love I, phenomenon. I, I believe that's actually the title of the episode. Is is it not? I believe so. Something, Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see. I know you've talked about that in the past. She says, although this is a lovely stage of a relationship, we all know it doesn't last. I'm glad she recognizes. Which is very it. smart. Yes. Absolutely. She says, what do you think are the best topics for discussion to ensure that the important issues have been fe- fleshed out and that someone is a good fit for you? Uh, this might even be a good topic for Family from the Heart episode. Absolutely, it we is. We agree. <laughs> we do agree that it's a great topic. Um, and so, and she, in, in subsequent, her and I have discussed via email a couple other things. And she says, you might also want to talk about the, you know, what do you think about the fact that, you know, he, he being a Christian and myself not, right. you know, how does that also add into this? So we'll, we'll throw that into the discussion here as well. Do you want to start off with anything? No, you can start and I'll okay. follow. Well, the because you said you said you said you said um, you said you had something you wanted to say. I do have That's some things I want to say, but before I do, I do want to just take a second <laughs> and say thank you to our sponsor, uh, Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com. And uh, they have been a wonderful sponsor of the Family from the Heart podcast from all the way back to episode number three. And uh, no signs of them waning in their support of this show. And we appreciate them. And we thank you as the listener by going to Mardell.com, M-A-R-D-E-L.com for all your Christian books, your CDs, music, DVDs, educational supplies for your Sunday school class or even your homeschool curriculum and more. Clothing. All that other good stuff. Okay. Use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart. You'll get 10% off and you'll also communicate to them that you heard about them through us and that you appreciate their sponsorship. That's it. All right. Stephanie, I do have some things to say. One of the the reason why this comes so easily to me is because uh, what some people know and what some people may recognize right now is that there was a time in my life, in my past, that I was a pastor. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I that one that doesn't slip out as often as it used to. It used to. I know. I'm not. I'm not officially in any pastoral role. I'm. In, I'm in a voluntary spiritual leader role as a as a Bible study leader and right. of a small group of people within our church. Which, you know, it is what it is. But um, uh, I used to be very official, very much involved in pastoral duties as a, an associate pastor, and did a, quite a few weddings. And as such, I would never perform a wedding, never perform a wedding without a minimum of three premarital sessions. What? You're you're nodding with a smile. I'm just thinking of one exception. Oh, who was that? My brother. Oh, yes. <laughs> but that was a whole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, that anyway. is true. So with the exception of one person and uh, I had subsequently received Which requests from other family. Do. I didn't. You didn't want to do. And um, you did as a favor to my family. Mm-hmm. So 
which was the last favor of that nature that I would do for your family. Rightfully so, I think. Yeah. Anyway, but I would, I, because of this, I do have some experience working through issues and topics of this nature with couples who are thinking about getting married and, and a lot of them very similar situations, uh, very much some of them in the very, uh, stage of the in love phenomenon that, you know, it doesn't matter how different we are. We just love each other so much. Trust me, it's going to matter in <laughs> when when not that too long from when now. that love potion wears off <laughs> is going to matter. That's right. Uh, and there are some things that you need to discuss and talk about. Um, I'm just going to throw the big one out there right off the bat: money. Yes. Money, 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 money. You need to talk about it. You need to talk about it now, and you need to talk about it often. And not like every date needs to be talked about money, but you you need to sit down and talk about some things, um, specific things that you want to talk about. Mine versus yours. Personally, and again, this is an opinion of mine, an opinion of mine. But personally, I believe that when two people come together and to be married, they should function as one and they should be united in all things, including the checkbook. All right. right. That that is that is something that I believe. It's not something that I required that people agree to before I would perform their wedding, but it's something that I I strongly said, listen, there's no, you know, there's no this is the main account. Here's here's my checking account for my, you know, my boat that I'm right. saving for and here's my checking account for the shoes that I buy every month. Um, you know, th- that just doesn't happen. No, there's the thing called a budget where you both sit down together and, and work out and you ha- and you do have each of you have your own little funds or whatever and, th- and that you work through those <laughs> when things. When money allows for it. When money allows for it. Exactly. <laughs> those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> they were nice, weren't they? <laughs> but as far as separate accounts, you know, it, hit, hit, you can, it's too easy to hide the hide savings. Hide money and, right. And, uh, and then the big thing is, is, you know, well, I take, you know, because I work and you work, we're both working, you know, I bring in this amount of money, I'll pay the mortgage, I'll pay this, you pay the electric bill, you pay this. I will tell you going in, if if that's, and, and again, you're only getting my opinion here, right? but my opinion is that if that is the, that is the plan moving into the marriage, it, you are planning a, 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 a marriage that is not going to be a marriage of un, being united. Right. All right. So I, those are those are huge danger signs when I hear that a couple, you know, their, their conversation is that they're going to basically be united on paper, but still function as two as individuals. Two indi- right. And so and, and financially is and, and I'm going to tell you that finances are the biggest arguments that Christians are that well that any marriage person any marriage, any marriage has uh, finances are the number one cause for div- divorce um, finances are the number one cause for stress anxiety and depression and so if, this is something if there's one single issue that I believe a couple must be united on it must be that they're on the same page about finances moving into the wedding all right mm-hmm. into the marriage so that you know, christian non-christian i've i've seen more successful christian non-christian marriages 
uh, than I have. E- I've never seen a successful, not on the same page financial marriage. Right. Never have seen one. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, this person that that wrote this in you, that that's the that's the big one. It is have that one. Talk about sex. Talk about sex. Talk about sex. Um, personally, again, my opinion: it's best if you don't have any before you're before you're married. Uh, and if you are already, stop. Um, it, it, it believe it or not, it it it's not just a moral issue. I believe that it has a lot to do with just having. It was it's a it's a lot about moral issue, but it also has some other things that that are tied to that. Um, but the one thing that I will say is that you need to talk about expectations about sex. Um, you know, I would I if I were a woman, I would definitely have a conversation and ask my fiance or my boyfriend, "Do you struggle with pornography?" How long have you struggled with pornography? What are you doing about your struggle with pornography? And if he tells you no, there is about a 95% chance that he's he's lying lying to you. All right. If he says that I do not struggle with pornography at all, that means number one, that he, he is totally addicted to pornography and he just don't struggle with it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not really a struggle for him. Uh, Or, Number two, he does struggle with it and he's lying to you. That, right. And, and that not, that's not true all the time. But I'm just saying that, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I am saying that about 95% of all men struggle with porn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's put it this way. Um, uh, Christian pastors, there, I think there was a study and I, I'm going to just, I'm going to just throw this one out here. I think it's about 75 or 80% of Christian pastors when polled will answer yes i am addicted to pornography mm-hmm. all right so that's christian pastors so right. if that tells you anything uh yeah it, it, it's a huge problem and you would want to have that conversation before you're married and i would have a discussion about how do you feel about that issue and how does that make you feel how do you think that that's going to impact your sexual life after marriage all right because and let me tell you it will all right, and then um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Anyway, the other thing, yeah, the chat room, our moderator will get in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, And where do I get this data at? Um, you know what? I think if you go to every man's battle, let's see, everymansbattle.com, uh, there is all kinds of information there that you can find. And... Um, there's a book called Every Man's Battle, which has all that data in it. And and again, I do recognize that I'm just throwing general numbers out there in high percentages. Uh, but I will tell you that that I'm not too far off. Right. I had a, a girlfriend. I have not um, completely read Every Man's Battle mm-hmm. um, myself, although I have read some of the expert excerpts and information collected. But um, I had a girlfriend who started with reading every man's battle and couldn't finish the first chapter because she could not believe the statistics were yeah. so high. Yeah. And, and they are, I was listening to family life today, which is a Christian radio broadcast, which is, you know, one of the things that kind of gave me the idea for the, the theme and title of this show. Um, 
And I was listening to... Whose hosts are the author of that book, correct? No, different book. Different. Oh, okay. Family Dennis Rainey did not oh, do... Oh, okay. Family, if you said Family Life Today. I was thinking... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway, Dennis... Uh, so Dennis Rainey was talking about the, the other day, and they were talking about what they allow their children to wear... And um, the, she, he basically had explained to his wife how many times per hour a man thinks about sex. And so that, that, those are really huge issues. And, and I don't think Stephanie heard a thing that I just said, but that's okay. How many times an hour a man thinks about sex? Exactly. Is that, right. Did you say anything other than no. that? Other than and, on and, that show, a man said? Right. And so yeah. that's when it comes into, you know, when a dad... I love that you don't think I can multifunction. I was totally listening to both of you. All right. So anyway, and, um, and, and of course they're asking, does watching pornography constitute as a struggle? And, and I would say that that's something that I, I believe that's a personal issue. It's a personal issue. And absolutely. I think it's, and I think that it's, it's down to the individual. It's like, what do you think as an individual and how do you feel about this as an individual? But also, how do you think about this as a couple? Right. You can't take one thing I recognize is that you cannot take my I cannot give you my standards and my opinion and say, now go and apply this to your situation. Um, I, I just share with you where I'm coming from, what I feel and what I what standards and values I have and decide for yourself what you, what are your values. But it's important for you to understand what your values are and if you don't have a problem with it and he he is doing these things then you know that that it's your life right? right and so but i think it's important the question is what kind of conversations should we have and um and that's a conversation that absolutely right. you should have okay and she says i thought that that's what you were implied when uh you said 95 percent. okay so 95 percent of all men view it act, I will say about 95% of all men will probably be actively viewing pornography on a regular basis. Maybe not all will struggle with that, right. with the fact that they right. do that. Uh, so you're right. Thank you for the clarification. All right. So uh, money and sex, those are the two biggies. Um, kids. Kids. That's number three. And it, it's probably right in there with number two, right up with sex. Um, but how, how, let's see. How long are how, how long are we going to wait? How long are we going to wait? How many are we going to have? How many are we going to have? How long in between each one? Yes. And is the wife going to work after? Well, and the, is the wife going to work after is a separate one from the kids, and it is the next topic. It's, and so I'll put the, it right it, in there. It, with yeah, that. it go, it goes right with that, which are we is be very a, closely tied with money. Um, and <laughs> I'll tell you that that we answered some of these questions several months after we were married and the answers are completely different now. I mean, obviously life, life takes course and, and, and things happen and, um, minds are changed mm -hmm. in that. I never imagined that I would be staying at home with our kids. Right. There are some days when I ask myself why I do, but, um, but so that, I mean, that, that's an, that's a question that we answered. Absolutely not. I, you know, she's not going to stay at home and you know, all those things. But anyway, so, so that's a very important question to have, yep. um, discussed between the two of you, yep. how you'll spend holidays with yes. her family or his family. Um, and where even, will you live? Regardless if you have kids or not. Yeah. Talk about that. Absolutely. How, and matter of fact, talk about, so, so there was finances, 
there was uh, pornography. There was no, no, it was sex. Okay, well, okay, yeah, okay. So sex. I mean, right. Aside yeah. from pornography, you need to discuss Talk your about- expectations. A man gets married thinking they're going to have sex seven days a week, four times a day. That's not a realistic expectation. This is true. And women get married thinking that they might slide back with two times a week. And that's not a realistic expectation. Right. It's just not. So here's the situation. Um, the thing is, is so there, there is, there is finances, there, there is sex. There's uh, can, all those Can I say things. one more thing yeah. about sex? Yeah. Um, a- another thing to talk about sex is what you're willing to do or, yes. or, or try or those discussions, yeah. which I'm not going to go into great detail here, sure. but I think you're getting what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. And those are things, and, and those are going to be difficult. They're thing, difficult discussions. That, absolutely. But they're better had before. Yes. Than after. They're definitely, they, I think when someone's they, feelings are hurt or yep. someone feels like their expectations haven't been met, but when those expectations have never been expressed, they can't be met. Yeah. And and when you have or shot down for being unrealistic, when you have these questions ahead of time, it 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 does help you to process and and deal through things as a married couple uh, much better. And and some of these things are probably it's not like you go out on your third date and all of a sudden it's like oh let's pull out that family from the heart episode sixty seven list of questions right and and let's go through this. <laughs> but when the word when the M word comes out, yeah. when marriage when the word marriage is tossed out there, it's like you know what, it's time to schedule an appointment that's not necessarily a date. And let's yeah. sit down and I'd like to talk about some things. Yeah, you here. can't really call that a date. No. You can't because it's not something that you can really have in a public restaurant. I mean, that's something that you're you're going to want to be to be private. But so we're going to, we're just going to, you know, skip around from sex back to in-laws. Yes. Who are you going to spend the holidays with? How are you going to divide that time? Because up until now you've spent, you know, one person has spent all their time with their family and one person has always spent the holidays with their family. Or or one person despises their family and has no desire to ever spend another holiday with any family ever, ever for the rest of yeah. their life. Right. So, so that, I mean, that's a big conversation to have. And that's when I'll tell you that you know, Cliff and I will be married 13 years in just a couple of weeks and we still don't have that one figured out. Right. You know, we're, we're still working on that one. Right. But um, so so that's another big. What else do I? I think those are the big ones. Those there are, there are plenty more that we could we could bring up. But uh, I, I mentioned where you're gonna live. If you're still you know, together, you, if you're still together after, if you make it past money and sex, you're moving in the right direction. And all the other things. If you can, if you guys still decide to be married after those, there are still more things to talk about. Do you remember what that book was? And we can the look book at it. Is called, the book that we're referring to is called Love for a Lifetime by Dr. James Dobson. Okay. It me... is primarily um, Christian yep, it based. Is, it is very he, Christian he, based. He is a Christian author. Um, but the questions are. They're all written out. and Remarkably um, worth looking at yeah there are things now and we got it as a wedding present so we answered these questions after we had already gotten married had we answered them before we probably still wouldn't be married mm-hmm. but um you just said i'm sorry i didn't i'm doing i'm sorry i'm doing one of those searches while you're That's talking hilarious. Good, good stuff there stephanie whatever keep going i'm looking for it is it are you sure it's called love for a lifetime love, love for a lifetime by dr james dobson yes 
Okay, let me just do uh, love lifetime. How are you Dawson. not getting it Google? Because no, I totally I'm got it. I'm not looking at oh. it on Google. I'm looking at it on Mardell.com. Okay. Well, he's already got the link in the chat room. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Daryl, you rock. But uh, what was I even saying? Oh, okay. So we answered these questions after we were married because we received it as a gift. But um, they're, they're very important. And there are things that we never even thought to talk about yeah. beforehand. Now, let's not overlook the the Christian versus non-Christian thing. Right. I, as I've said, I have seen... I have seen marriages work out where you have a Christian, non-Christian. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to suggest to you one way or the other. I, I prefer, you know, it would be my desire that our children, if they choose to get married, that they would marry a believer. Uh, there, There's no question about that. That would be my desire. Um, and so will that bring up issues? I, I'm, I'm saying that it's going to be something that you sit down and talk about. Right. That is, you know, what what are your expect, you know, as a Christian, how how, you know, how deep into your faith are you? What do you believe? Um, let me just say this. If you are a Christian and you're dating another Christian, uh, you still need you to have still those. need to Absolutely. have those questions, because what I'm learning more and more. And if you don't know this to be true, you should just listen to uh, ATCpodcast.com, which is my about the church podcast. Uh, I've got a great friend, wonderful friend. Uh, DG, who co-hosts that show with me, and uh, I am still shocked at how much we do not agree on some of the some of the um, Christian principles and and theology that I've grown up with and understood my entire life and thought every Christian believed. So, right. not now, none of the essentials have been so damaging that we don't accept one another as as believers in the faith, but. But there's some, it's like, it's good to know these things ahead of time. Right. Have the conversations. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, the, now the love for a lifetime, it, it has a different cover than when we had yes. it. Yes. It, well, it's been reissued. Right. It says the best-selling gold medallion winner, uh, Love for a Lifetime, has brought hope, harmony, and healing to millions of homes worldwide, given men and women powerful and biblical insights into building lasting marital harmony. Encouraging, uh, let's see, encouraging and practical, this proven classic is perfect for every husband and wife who want to strengthen and celebrate their marriage relationship. The joining of husband and wife in marriage is the most fulfilling human relationship possible. Uh, There is nothing like being loved unconditionally and intimately. Uh, Let's see here. Decade after decade by someone who promises to be there for better or for worse for the remaining days of your lives. For this reason, nurturing and celebrating each other is the most important investment of time and energy you can make as a couple. And millions around the world can testify that the surest way to preserving a marriage is by applying the principles outlined in God's word. With Bible-based insights shared by today's foremost family advocate, Love for a Lifetime is a modern classic. This newly updated edition delivers the wisdom that will bring success to your marriage for as long as you both shall live. And what I'm going to do right now, um, if you go to gspn.tv slash what, Stephanie, you give me a, a link that will help people remember easily. gspn.tv slash, and then what do you think I should use? Lifetime. Okay. Lifetime. Is that? Actually, Lifetime book. How's that? Okay. So GS, if you go to, and, and give me, let's see here, love for a lifetime book. And I am just going to do one other thing. And this will be effective immediately. 
and we will do create. And so if anybody right now from this point forward, especially for those of you listening in the podcast form of this, if you go to gspn.tv slash lifetime book, it will take you right to mardell.com where you can purchase that. Absolutely. And use um, promo code GSPN. Yes. And um, one other thing that, that I wanted to say that is to me a very important and something that we talked about um, is that when we got married, we got married um, both under the understanding that there was no escape clause there. Um, there we got married both believing and knowing Oh, that yes. this is the only one time we want to be married. Yes. And um, both so of us coming from divorced families. Both of us families. coming from you know, divorced families. My parents have each been married multiple times. And um, and I knew that, that, that I did not want that. So that's another, I mean, that is absolutely another conversation to have, you know. Do you think we'll, we'll try it and if it doesn't work out, you know we'll yeah. just go our separate ways because that's not something that I believe. And again, Cliff has said many times we can only give you our opinions, yep. but that's not something that I believe is an option. Right. I believe that, um, with patience and conversation, communication and understanding, you can get through any thing yep. that life will throw at you. And no matter how deep you are into the in love phenomenon, that feeling, those feelings will eventually wear away. They, yep. There's no question about it. It's definitely going to happen. That's and that's not to when say, you go back to that's when you go back to the five love languages. Mm -hmm. There is so much about love and loving another person that we don't understand. And so there are days, and I said this when we, when we covered that book, there are days when I wake up and loving you is so far from convenient that I don't <laughs> even want to get out of bed. Yes. But it is a choice. Yep. I, I chose you. Yes. Actually, God chose you for me, but I said, okay. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. We're not saying that, you know, once that feeling rubs off that it's just, it's going to be, it's a, just going to be hell from here on out yeah, because it, that's not the truth. No, the, the feelings come with the choice. Absolutely. And they, and, and after the in love phenomenon wears off, uh, the feelings definitely, it, it's the choice. They change. You make the choice. And they grow. Exactly. You make the choice and the feelings follow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question about that. So. Alrighty, so there you go. Uh, we, I think we, I think we pretty much answered that question. You think? Yeah, I think. And we're, all we were gonna say was that we were gonna talk about it next week. I don't think we need to now. I don't think we do either. So, but we, that's kind of funny. That we need more topics now. I know. <laughs> um, you have some more. I have some more feedback. You have and then, some more Harry Potter feedback, right? Yes. Okay. Now, and and we'll play that. And, um, and we were gonna talk about something else, but is, next week, do you want to talk about that movie? Are we gonna be able to? To, to remember it all that well? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think right. we will. That's yeah. fine. All right. Um, if not, it'll be a great, we'll just do a general overview of the movie and, okay. and then we, it'll lead us into the discussion. Into the of, discussion that we wanted to yeah. have. Right. So I, we're being extremely secretive. We are. I like it. I know. We should be secretive more often. Yes. So if you're interested in what we're talking <gasps> all about. this authentic crap. I want to be secretive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> Authentic crap. I love that. But anyway, uh, so tune in next week and, and check that out.
Oh, by the way, we do have a, a lot of feedback, and I'm going to start off here with Anna, who uh, left some feedback, and I believe the next three bits of feedback all came in, and if it had any spoiler information, like if you have not seen Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, I bleeped out anything that could remotely be spoilerish. Okay. All right, so with that being said, understand I've bleeped it all out. Now, so please don't get offended that your message is not yes, all being played. <laughs> exactly. Now, there were a couple voicemails that came in after the I did those editing sessions. So okay. they're not I haven't even but pre- then you're going to put them at the end. I'm going to put those at the end. So if you have not seen Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, it's OK to continue to listen. Are you going to give point the OK? Forward. I will tell you before okay. you need to turn off. Right. So here is Anna's uh, voice feedback. Hi, this is Anna in Portland, Oregon, and I'm calling about your Harry Potter review on Family from the Heart. Um, It was really exciting to hear uh, your take on it because I saw it the same night you guys did Monday in Portland. And it is, I've seen all the Potter movies. I've I've read all the books. And as a Harry Potter fan, it it is hard to um, watch the movies and not compare them to the books. But I felt like, it was much easier with this film because it was a really good movie. It was really good. Um, there, it was very funny. I totally, when you guys were talking about how much you laughed throughout the movie, I, I was there with you. It was so funny. And um, Stephanie, I'm really excited about you going to read the books now because, um, like I said, I, I, I was a fan of the books first and then a fan of the movies. And um, the books, there's just a wealth of information in the books that you don't get in the movies. And and so you guys were talking about some things where I was like, oh, when you read the book, you'll totally understand. Um, For instance, you said um, when you were talking about asking um, please, um, and you said that it was about saving soul, go with that. Go with it, run with it. Now I need to hear the whole thing. When the book came out, that was a huge argument because of course there were people out there who thought was bad and people who thought was good and that was kind of the defining <laughs> argument for both sides like I'm no sorry. it was begging and That's no hilarious. It, they had an agreement and it was just it was really a very uh important part of um the fandom's <laughs> debates um so when they portrayed that part in the, the movie it was very exciting to see that and and you know, that whole thing. Um, you guys were talking about your favorite parts. I think the potion was one of my favorite parts. Um, the other one, I was thinking about it earlier, was probably um, probably the, the, the um, interactions between Harry and his friends. And just there's a lot of growth there that has happened in the stories. And um, so seeing that on the big screen was a lot of fun. Overall, I just really enjoyed the movie. My favorite movie so far in the series is um, Prisoner of Azkaban. So this ranks right up there. It, I didn't enjoy Order of the Phoenix that much, but this one is probably in my top three. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you guys had a really good time, and I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see it again. My husband was really, <laughs> was really jealous that I got to go see it without him um, and for free. Uh, so perhaps... Um, here soon he and I will have to go see it together because it's it's worth seeing again and and um and one of the things that really I loved about the movie was sitting there watching it 
made me want to read the books again and made me want to watch the films again, um, which is not normally how things go for me. I'm not, I mean, this is, Harry Potter is kind of unique in its way since it is such a long series of films and such, but, um, but this has been, uh, it was a really, like sitting in the theater, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need to go back and read from the beginning um, because there are interactions in the books and the movies that um, change when you realize how the story ends or how things are revealed later in later books. And so um, that to me was kind of the, the thing that defined the movie for me. If I want to go back and read the books again and watch the movies based on this film, then um, I'm going to say that this film was really good. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm glad you guys had a really good time, and I'm glad that um, I get to share my, my own good time with you. So, uh, yay, thank you. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, about it when you guys, um, when Stephanie reads the books, um, especially the last one. When you read the last one, I want to hear about it. Bye. All right. Thank you, Anna, so much for your feedback. You made her sound like quite the little dirty mouth. <laughs> I know. It did sound that way. <laughs> when beep said that beep. Was, that, was, that was funny. That I'm was sorry funny. I got a chuckle. I'll have to listen to the whole voicemail, though. Yeah. Because I haven't heard it without the bleeps, and Very, I'd like to. All right. Anyway, uh, moving on. You we, have it, right? Yes, I do. Okay. So anyway, here is the next audio feedback. This comes from Maggie who called in several times, but this is one I, I chose to play here in the episode. So here we go. Hey, Stephanie and Cliff, this is Maggie. I am on my way home seeing Half-Blood Prince and started listening to your review and had to stop and pause and call and tell, tell Stephanie that I love that you want to read Deathly Hallows, but you really, 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 really need to read the first six before you get into Deathly Hallows. As I love the movies. I, re I like the movies, especially the sixth one, but um, they leave a lot out that you will be very lost. So, like, you like whole characters and stuff. So as much as you want to run to the end and see what happens next, go back to the beginning. It'll make more sense. You'll be less confused, I promise. You can um, tell she's had so, no unless sleep. Unless you started reading Deathly Hallows already, and then it would be hard to put down. So... Um, all I'm going to say so far with about um, Half-Blood Prince is that I absolutely adored it. It is definitely my favorite, favorite um, movie. It was really great. I could nitpick a lot of little things, but I am one of those people who would like every um, every word, every... every um, um, comma that J.K. Rowling wrote to be on on the screen, and unfortunately that cannot happen. So I have to lower my expectations just a little because I would love it to be word for word, but that would be like a long time. But I would watch it, I promise. So yes, it is the best one, um, but Stephanie, please, 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 please go read, go read the first, go read all of them before you read this book seven. You'll you'll enjoy it much more. You'll understand. It's like it's almost to the degree, and I'm gonna and I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but if you read the fourth the fourth book of if you read Breaking Dawn without a read, reading any of the other any, the other three Twilight books, 
and it's not quite to that degree because I'm much more of a Harry Potter fan than I am a Twilight fan, but it's that sort of thing. You want to listen, you want to have the whole story. So, and the movies are not the whole story. So, yes, um, hopefully you will go, go read Sorcerer's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone and um, Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban, you will get through very quickly. They are very easy. Not easy. Easy is not the right word for them, but they, um, they're just, I mean, they're written from an 11, 12, and 13-year-old's point of view, so they're very, they're more, they're simpler. Once you, once in the fourth book it starts to get more complicated, um, fifth and sixth get very complicated, and seventh is the most complicated. So, yes. Um, okay, and I am very sorry for rambling, but <laughs> I am driving home, and it is almost 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> and I have to wake up in a few hours to go to graduate school. So, <laughs> yes. So, I'm sorry for the rambling, and I think I'm going to hang up now. Maybe I will try and call when I will be more leave a more coherent voice message. Okay, bye-bye! <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> okay, where's, the, where's the hang-up button on my iPhone? I don't know where it is. Bye-bye! <laughs> She did call back and leave a more coherent message. Did she? But it wasn't as fun. Oh, okay. That one's much more fun. I chose that Um, one. That's awesome. So, obviously, we already said that we did go and started with the Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. And I'm not reading ahead because I have like five books on my desk that um, Sarah has given me to read. That I really need to read. And we're enjoying reading it as a family, too. And we are, yeah. And and you didn't mention the name, but she said we could mention her name with one stipulation. Yes, go ahead. So we want to say thank you to Karen Absolutely. in our community who who was the uh, kind-hearted person who sent from us... From Massachusetts. From Massachusetts. We love to hear talk. <laughs> uh, who sent us all seven of the books. Yes. And she said that if you mention my name, then you have to explain why I Absolutely. chose to send those to you. And she said it's in, it's in thanks for all the prayers that we have prayed for her and through all the things that she's been going through with her stroke and her seizures and while she was in the hospital. And she said specifically that I should think mention that Molly, her daughter says, thank you. And said that, you know, she felt like we were family when she was corresponding uh, with me directly and stuff like that. And she said, so the reason why she felt compelled to just bless us with that gift was in in return for just all the awesomeness of the prayers that she had received. And so thank you. Absolutely thank you. Anyway. Our our children were ecstatic when yes. the mail lady rang the doorbell and left the box on, on the step. Indeed they were. They were jumping up and down and I said, we should wait for dad to, to open the box. They're like, no, no, open it now, open it now. And so we started to and yeah. then you walked in the door and so you were present for the unboxing. Unboxing. So here is uh, one more spoiler-free review okay, or th- feedback. Yes. Okay. Good. So this comes from Tony B. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Tony from Wyoming, and I just listened to episode number sixty-six, "Family from the Heart." And even though I haven't seen the sixth movie, I've read the sixth and seventh books, so I went ahead and listened to the whole um, the whole podcast because. I know what happens. First of all, I wanted to encourage you to read the first book before you go out and read the sixth (laughs) book, because I really think that even though the first book is pretty much everything on the screen is in the first book, 
from the first movie. Um, the second book starts to deviate a little bit or there's extra stuff that was left out that I really think is essential once you get to the last book. And not necessarily the last movie, but the last book. So I really encourage you to go out and get number one from the library first. And that one will probably be easier to get anyway. And that's one that you can just read with a family and Kenna can listen to it if you read it out loud. Um, and she'll totally get it and it's funny. And so just once again, I would recommend reading book one first and then going in order. Uh, the second thing was, uh, I don't, I, since I haven't seen the movie, I can't judge if they they were really obvious about it, but reading the sixth book, I was floored when I realized it was <laughs> that, I mean, I was shocked, I <laughs> cried, I mean, of course it was the middle of the night and I was a little tired, but I just can't believe that it was uh, so obvious in the movie. Um, because I didn't think it was obvious in the book. So I'll just have to see if they're kind of obvious about it, which would be too bad because some of the, for the people who don't read the books, I think that it would have been just a, a, a big shock, but I think it would, it's kind of a necessary shock, really, because once you get to that point where he you're just you're just not believing it. Um, the other thing is with you said that you thought that it was um, there there were some big clues in the movie to tell you that you think that he's but at the end of the sixth book, that was the big thing. Is or is he because I think it was pretty <laughs> I, I went overboard and at the end of the by the end of the sixth book, whether he was so anyway, I'll have to see how that Did you say it's looks unclear? also um, yeah, on the big very screen. Unclear. Anyway, I am so excited to see it. I hope we're going to be able to see it tomorrow evening. And since this recording is three minutes long, I'm going to let you go. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Thank you, Tony, so much. I tell you, I, I'm always so thankful to get feedback from our audience, yes. uh, from our listeners, and from our community. And thank you. If anybody wants to call in, you can do so. The phone number, of course, is area code 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Or you could do what Tony did there just at the end. If you happen to have an iPhone or an iPod Touch second generation, there's a voice memo application on there now. And if you have the most recent software version, click on the voice memo, record your feedback just like Tony did. And then there's a little button where you can email that and just email it to feedback at gspn.tv. And uh, we love to hear from you guys. Um, right after this music, I am going to play some uh, other feedback, just like two or three other audio feedbacks that I have not previewed. And so if you don't want any possibility of any spoiler, then you will want to tune out right about now. And... Uh, that, of course, is right after we tell you that uh, if you want to get that book that we talked about, gspn.tv slash, what was it called? Lifetime book. Lifetime book. All one word. And uh, use promo code GSPN in the shopping cart. You'll get 10% off. 
And also, if you enjoy the Family from the Heart podcast, you might also enjoy the 21 or no, the 20 other shows that we're currently producing at gspn.tv slash shows. Check those out. If you want to help support this content, uh, you can do so uh, by becoming a plus member and you can do that over at gspn.tv slash plus. Until next time, everybody, join Join the the community. community. get a million calls about this, but um, on diagonally, which if you read it, it's diagonally. It's just a play on words, but that I actually think is quite clever and funny, but that's a side point. Um, the shop person who was taken by Voldemort is Ollivander, the um, wand maker, which becomes important in the next, um, in the next, I guess, two movies that you will see. And Steph, if you're going to read... Um, the Deathly Hallows, I would suggest that you actually start back and pick up Half-Blood Prince because you definitely will get more from that book than you do from um, just the movie. So I would just suggest that if you um, are going to read Deathly Hallows, take it back one step, read Half-Blood Prince, get sort of the gaps filled in, and then take that into the last book. This last book is awesome, and I just reread both of them um, in the past like week getting ready for the movie so can't wait to see the movie unfortunately it won't be until Saturday because you know child care and unfortunately I don't think that my four year old is nearly ready to handle Harry Potter because she is still scared of Peter Pan so (laughs) hope you guys have a great day bye hi this is Annie from Wyoming and I saw the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince today My favorite part was in the beginning when they found Professor Slughorn's house, and they found him. And I also liked the part um, at the Quidditch game when Luna was wearing the um, Lion lion hat. And my sister will send a review later. Bye. Hi Cliff and Stephanie, this is Tony from Wyoming and I'm calling for Family from the Heart uh, to talk about the sixth Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Well, we got to see it at 1.15 today and Annie dressed up as Dobby, although she didn't, she put something over her outfit because she was a little embarrassed. And then Allie uh, dressed up as Bellatrix Lestrange, dark mark on her forearm and all, and uh, she looked she looked pretty good. Um, she has to dress up tomorrow for a party, so I'll take a picture of it and send it to you. Uh, we had a really great time. Um, we you know we were just standing in line waiting, and once we got in, we waited for about forty five minutes, and 
it finally started and everybody was so excited and I just have to agree that it's really the probably the best or the second best movie of the uh, series. I do like number three and I, I may be alone in that but I, I just absolutely love uh, The Prisoner of Azkaban but I think this one might actually take its place. It was really well done. It was funny. Um, the teen angst was just right. It wasn't overdone. It wasn't sappy. Uh, I, I think that all those actors have really grown up and and have really done well in uh, adjusting to you know the different ages and I think that they're great actors and they could go on and do whatever they wanted. Um, I think that the the one scene that sticks out is the part where they go to the cave and they go to um, to the place where the where Dumbledore has to drink the potion that's in there. And I swear I've seen that before. So what I think it is, is that this part of the movie was so well done uh, with my imagination. I mean, maybe it just matches my imagination of that whole uh, part because it just, I felt like I'd seen it before. It was really well done. And of course, when Dumbledore died, it was sad, but I knew it was coming and uh, I shed maybe one tear, and I I just think that uh, it was just a great movie. So hopefully, number seven and seven and a half will be just as good. I think it's the same director, and I think that he's really got uh, a great thing going. Well, it's three minutes, so I'll let you go. And I will probably have my kids send a movie review in also. Thanks. Bye.